0: This is episode number 475 with Tamar Samuels, Improving Nutrition to Support Mental and Physical Health. Hi everybody, I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you want support on your journey to lasting love, I wrote a book just for you. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. It's filled with 30 chapters with stories and exercises designed to help you show up, stand up, and speak up so you can step more fully into your value. And you can find it on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. This week's tip from the book is step number five, which is own your beauty, which really it is a good topic for today because we're going to be talking about nutrition and how important it is to really be love your you love yourself love what you look like love your own brand of beauty i think we we spend so much time comparing and despairing that we don't look like other people and we don't have the perfect body and the perfect face and the perfect whatever that is so my challenge to you this week is to just really look at your own Brand of beauty and give it some love because we're just not so good at that. And before I bring Tamar on, I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date and it's a fabulous place for personal growth on your journey to your last first date. It is very different from most groups for single women because we curate, first of all, uh, seven monitors who monitor the group and we curate information that will help you Grow and learn, and not just complain about the state of dating because that doesn't help you at all. You really are going to shift your mindset, which is something we're going to talk about today with Tamar. So, Tamar Samuels is the founder of Kulina Health. She's a health coach and a registered dietitian specializing in helping people change their health behaviors. Providing knowledge and education is only a small part of the puzzle when it comes to making change. The hard part is implementing all the things you need to do on a consistent basis. It requires a lot of support, mindset shifts, action-focused goals, collaboration, and motivation. And so her coaching encompasses positive psychology, neuroscience, and behavior change techniques to accomplish all of this. Welcome to the show, Tamar.
1: Hey, Sandy, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm excited to have you. This is not our typical, this is not our typical guest, and I, I was interested in having you on because I think I'm a holistic coach. You know, I, I specialize in dating and relationships and empowerment, but I believe we have to really work on our whole self in order to show up more fully in our lives, and so part of that is our health. So first, let's get into your story and why you got into this field.
1: So I think I I actually didn't know that being a nutritionist or dietitian was actually a career. (laughs) Um, I actually always wanted to be a therapist. Um, And so I... Kind of stumbled upon the career through a friend of a friend. Um, but myself, I've always sort of struggled with my own health issues. Um, I had chronic GI discomfort and symptoms, and it just felt like it was always related to food. And so I got to this point where I really started restricting um, my food intake because I was scared <laughs> to eat, really. Um, you know, that's that food really kind of triggered all of this discomfort, um, and that restriction over the course of many years led to uh, a really strained relationship with food, in which I just felt like really frustrated and defeated, and and um, I think I think I just was over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I really sought out some support from some practitioners um, and really started to understand how to find a balance with supporting my health with food while not feeling overly restricted and scared of food. Um, And, you know, my weight, sort of managing my weight um, has always been a part of that as well. And so that's kind of how I fell into nutrition. Um, And then I got really excited about nutrition and supporting um, people in a different way, not just in a education way, but really working with people to implement changes in their lifestyle, um, from a behavioral perspective, I really found that, like, they got to a point where they understood what they needed to do, but there was a huge barrier in actually executing them. and so um, then I pursued my health coaching certification, and here I am today.
0: <laughs> That's, uh, it's, it's usually something that happens to us, right, what that motivates us to do the work we do. So um, that's a great story because, you know, it gives you not only a window into your clients' struggles, but it also uh, combined therapy and nutrition, which is really kind of where you started. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think, you know, we think about the human body as these separate pieces, right? (laughs) We have these specialists who we see when we have, our hormones are off, we see an endocrinologist, right? Um, when something's going on with our um, with our heart we see a cardiologist right but the human body is all in one vessel um, and that includes our brain and our mental health too and so we can really support our mental health um, with nutrition and just overall lifestyle uh, healthy lifestyle habits. so that's really what I'm super passionate about helping people do.
0: Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I had a similar story where I was interested in therapy. And uh, I actually studied art therapy in school, combining my love for art and therapy, and ended up pursuing art, and then came back to more of a therapeutic approach to my career through coaching. So it's like, You just gotta keep following your own path and then you eventually come to the thing that's gonna really work for you. So tell us a little bit about how you motivate people to not only make change in their nutrition, but also to maintain change.
1: Yeah, I think people get really hung up on a few things. right? Most of the people that I work with have had years of failures when it comes to their health, managing their weight, um, you know, it's been sort of try a new diet and that's a big part of, you know, culture, right? That's not their fault. <laughs> we live in a diet focused culture. And so, um, and while that's changing, most people have, you know, grown up having this diet focused culture from the age of, you know, five years old, it's, it's pretty insidious. And so, you know, this lifetime of trying and failing I think has really hurt people's self-efficacy. Um, and confidence when it comes to making change in their health. They feel defeated, frustrated, overwhelmed, confused. I think that's the newest sort of problem that I'm hearing from people. They're just overwhelmed and confused about nutrition advice because I think with uh, you know, the introduction of social media, we're just, everybody has an opinion about you know, what to eat. And you know, there's so many different <laughs> opinions out there um, and it's confusing. People don't really know what's right for them. And so in the work that I do, I really like to kind of focus on shifting mindset by focusing on the individual and their unique needs. And we do that by like really, really collecting data about them, really gaining an insight and understanding about their behaviors and how their behaviors and their mood are connected to food and their eating habits and therefore their health overall. Um, and then once they kind of understand that relationship, which is very complicated, um, then they feel more confident in their ability to make change. Um, so I always like to start with just information. Let's learn about you. Let's let's really dive deep into the data and see what works and what doesn't work. Um, and as a coach, I really come from a strength-based uh, approach. And so I really work with my clients to sort of let them lead, Um, take my expert hat off and say, like, you know more about yourself than I do. (laughs) So like, you tell me what, what you want Um, and that can be really empowering for people in their mindset and, and, behavior change. Um, I think as a healthcare professional, you don't really hear that very often. <laughs> Most people go to their doctor and their doctor says, you need to do this, 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 and this, um, and do exactly what I say without any sort of like tool or plan tools or plans to kind of get there. But, uh, when I work with my clients, I say, like, you tell me what, what is it that you want? Um, and I can support you in getting there. So I let my clients really lead when it comes to their goals. So they have this sense of, um, agency in their life.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. My doctors are all chosen because they listen to me and they're willing to let me be part of my health plan because I refuse to just follow something that's the one size fits all. It just doesn't work. So, you know, it's really, it's really important to, to do that. It sounds like, you know, you, you're doing something really wonderful for people because, they feel like they're part of the process, and people are much more willing to follow a process if they if they are empowered to be part of the part exactly. of it.
1: Exactly, that's exactly it. Um, it it's exciting for them to learn things about health, their health, and their relationship with food that they haven't learned before. Um, you know, I work with people who have really never been taught about. You know have diagnosis of diabetes and have never been taught about you know how what exactly is diabetes you know and i really empower people to and educate them like, this is this is what's happening when we consume carbohydrates this is a relationship between food and what's happening metabolically on a cellular level and they're like oh i've had diabetes for x amount of years and now that i know what's going on in my body i'm so much more likely to be mindful and thoughtful about you know, you know consuming certain types of carbohydrates and sweets and things like that so it's, it's, a, it's a big part of it.
0: Our clientele are mostly pe- postmenopausal or premenopausal, and they're struggling often with weight gain and other side effects of menopause that directly affect them in the dating world because many of them are just waiting to lose those 10 pounds or 20 pounds before they go on a date. And they don't really know how to manage what's happening to their body. Um, and there's there's so many shifts. So if you can share anything that could help our clients who are struggling with weight gain and other side effects, I would love to hear what you have to say.
1: Oh, Sandy, I hear this so often, right? Mm -hmm. I, I hear this that, you know, I'm waiting to do something just so I can lose these first 10 pounds, these last 10 pounds or 20 pounds, right? Or even if it's 50 pounds, you know, waiting to put myself out there. Um, and I think my first tip is don't wait. (laughs) (laughs) I've had clients who I've worked with who have lost 50 pounds, um, and they are just as happy as they were 50 pounds heavier. Right. Um, and so your body weight and your body size, um, shouldn't be a barrier while it, it, there are real barriers um, in the world uh, around body weight and body size. I'm not taking that away, um, but it shouldn't be a barrier for you to put yourself out there. Um, it exists, right? Um size-ism exists and there's definitely, you know, real barriers there, but I think don't, my advice is, is don't wait, put yourself out there, try. <laughs> um, so that I think is number one. And I think number two is giving yourself a little bit of grace and that's sort of part of number one, right? Um, We cannot fight getting older. Nobody can. Um, And a part of getting older is our metabolic rate slows, and that's inevitable for every single person. Um, And so accepting the fact that as you get older and your hormones change, um, you will likely gain some weight, or it'll be harder for you to lose weight or maintain your weight, and that's okay. That's just a part of the process in every woman, every human has to deal with that. And so I think acceptance is, is a big part of it too. It doesn't mean that you don't have control over your weight anymore, but uh, I think kind of leaning into the fact that your body is changing and that's normal and natural, um, and giving yourself a little bit of grace there, uh, is really important. Um, I think when it comes to like Managing your weight. Um, it's important to really focus on increasing your um, strength training and physical activity just overall. Um, as we get older, part of why our metabolism slows down is because um, our muscle mass um, uh, gets we have less muscle mass than we than we had um, previously. And so it's important for us to support. Um, our muscle mass as we get older. And we do that by increasing strength training, resistance training, and making sure we have adequate protein as well. Um, so I recommend having a good source of protein with all meals and snacks. Most people skip protein with snacks. Um, and I think it's an important um part of your, of your daily intake to really focus on with getting adequate protein. Um, it doesn't mean you have to have like protein powders or anything like that. I mean, you can just add an extra Greek yogurt in there, add some extra nuts. Um, most people have carbohydrate. Uh, carbohydrates are mostly the focus of our, our meals. And I think kind of working with people to really shift the balance where we're increasing our uh, protein intake And decreasing our starchy carbohydrate intake um, and increasing our intake of fruits and vegetables is really kind of a gentle approach to nutrition without having to count calories, but really thinking about our plate and how to kind of modify the macronutrients within our plate without having to, you know, count macros. Um, So I think that's a a big part of it. Um, And, you know, increasing protein also helps us to feel full um, and regulate our appetite and, and it, we have less of an insulin response from protein, um, which helps to kind of stabilize our, our hormones a little bit. So, um, get that protein, get that protein in, <laughs> um, that, that, and, not, and don't skip meals. Um, cause that can do a number on our hormones as well. When we, when we skip meals, um, that can then increase our blood sugar, which can can cause kind of this cascade of hormonal uh, response in which, you know, our cortisol increases, our blood sugar increases, um, and that can kind of dysregulate our sex hormones and our thyroid hormone. Um, So it's all very much connected. So stabilizing our blood sugar is really important. In order to do that, we need to have protein um, with each meal and snack and making sure that we're having meals, meals and snacks throughout the day. So
0: people are, Really into all these, uh, you know, the the fasting diets and the. I, people are so confused, <laughs> and, I, and I think that you know, huh, they, I know <laughs> it, it is. It's like keto and this and that, and I and, I I tried the fast metabolism diet a few years ago. I'm I'm really anti diet, but because my body was shifting and I was like, wait, I used to be able to never gain weight. Like I just ate what I wanted most of my life. And then suddenly I'm eating less and gaining weight, like what's happening. So I try this diet for a month and not only did I I probably didn't lose weight, I don't have a scale in my house because I don't believe in scales for myself, but I felt horrible throughout the entire month. I did not enjoy that way of eating. And it just didn't work for me. I'm much more of an intuitive eater and I eat when I'm hungry, I stop when I'm full. And I think adding protein, I think we definitely grew up with tons of carbs and sugars. And I think if we just make that one change, it can make a huge shift. But trying all these fad diets and then going right back to whatever habits you've had before, unless you can maintain it, I don't know. What do you think about things like the fast metabolism diet?
1: Oh, I absolutely agree with you. I don't know the details of the fast metabolism diet. It's hard for me to keep up with all of the diets these days, <laughs> but when it comes to intermittent fasting, um, you know, it's, it's, it's actually so interesting because, it, because the research on intermittent fasting is mostly done with men who are obese based on their BMI Um, which is 30 or above, right, Um, and who have metabolic complications such as diabetes and insulin resistance. And so while there is a decent amount of research on the benefits of intermittent fasting, it is very specific to this patient population, right, which is not a lot of people, right? Which is only half of the population. And so I think not a lot of people in the nutrition and diet space are really talking about you know, what the research says. It's important as a dietitian for me to educate people on research, just because a study was published saying that intermittent fasting is beneficial for type two diabetes and insulin resistance and weight loss. We really have to dive into that research and look at, okay, well, what population has the research been done on, right? And actually, the research does say that women who do intermittent fasting um, are more likely to have periods to skip periods, right? So it does have an impact on our female sex hormones as well. So Um, it's definitely not for everyone, right? And I think it comes back to what we were talking about earlier with personalization, you know, for you weighing in and stepping on a scale doesn't work for you. The same is true for me. Um, I have a scale, but I never use it um, because it gives me anxiety and it doesn't help for me. But for a lot of my clients, weighing in is more neutral and it actually really supports them and helps to keep them accountable. Um, And so we really have to think about, okay, what works for the individual? Um, And that varies depending on lifestyle, stress levels, gender. Um, And so that's why diets don't work because they're not personalized. They don't take into account all of these things. They're just kind of like a one-size-fits-all plan. Um, And the reality is that when it comes to nutrition and health, there is no one-size-fits-all. There just isn't.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I'm glad you said that. Let's take a quick (laughs) break uh, so we can hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Stellomints. As a dating and relationship coach, I see how anxiety and stress can sometimes sabotage people's success in their romantic lives. If you have been feeling more anxious lately, that's exactly what Stellomints were made for. Powered by CBD, Stellomints are a fast and simple way to feel more calm and clear-minded throughout your day and especially before a date with someone you like. And they come in three bold flavors, peppermint, lemon, and matcha. I got the lemon and they are delicious. And now for a limited time, you can get a free sample of Stellomints. Just go to Stellomints.com and use the code LASTFIRSTDATE, all one word, and your order is going to be converted to a free sample. That's Dello, S-T-E-L-L-O, mints. Coupon code, last first date, all one word, for a free sample. And now, back to the podcast. So uh, Tamar, this this is such an interesting conversation, and I know that our listeners are probably curious about how they can um, just, you know, maintain nutrition throughout their lives, like, and especially like people go on dates, they go out for food, you know? And so mm-hmm. when, when they're going out to a restaurant and stuff like that, like, what do you, what do you suggest in order to stay in a healthy nutritional place, but also have fun?
1: <laughs> yes. We all need to live our lives.
0: <laughs> it's
1: <so laughs> important for us to not let, you know, our health goals get in the way of fun. Um, and I think it goes back to not having that kind of all or nothing mentality. People who have, you know, dieted chronically throughout their life sort of have this, I'm gonna start again on Monday, <laughs> um, that, that mindset. And that can be really harmful because it feels like there are these foods that are completely and entirely off limits. But the reality is that all foods can fit into a healthy um, diet whether you're focusing on weight loss or or just health you can have alcohol you can have cake um, I think it really is important for us to focus on the big picture of what you're eating in a day-to-day and also for you to kind of make balances checks and balances right so if you have a date and you know you want to have a couple of drinks and you don't wanna um, have to worry about what you're ordering, that's fine, do that. Um, But if you're focusing on your weight and you wanna kind of be more mindful about calorie intake um, or sugar intake, think about what you're having on those other days that you're not going on dates, right? And maybe those days you want to be more mindful about decreasing your sugar intake, your carbohydrate intake, and really increasing, you know, your vegetable and produce intake and protein intake and kind of just being intentional by planning. I do this a lot with my clients, where we'll take a look at their week and say, okay, this is what we have scheduled. Um, You know, I have three dates this week. This is where I'm going. Um, And this is what I want. I want to be able to have a drink here. I want to be able to have this here because we're going to this nice restaurant. And so really planning around that, um, increasing workouts in order for you to kind of mitigate that increased calorie intake. And so that allows us to have flexibility um, where in those social situations we can enjoy um, while still supporting our health goals. So it really comes down to planning.
0: Yeah, planning so important. I, I find that a lot of people also just don't eat on dates, like they're, they eat like, I'll I'll get the salad. And I, I've never been that way. <laughs> I'm like, give me the thing, I want to eat it. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember one time, many years ago, I was on a date with a guy and um, we were meeting for brunch and he shows up to the date and he says, I already ate. And I'm like, well, I'm starving. So, first of all, why did you eat before the date? But I'm going to order exactly what I wanted. And so I ordered like an egg sandwich and it was crumbly all over the place. But I didn't care. <laughs> it was just like I am having fun. I am enjoying this it was awkward to have somebody not eat while I was eating, but that was on him. I, that wasn't my problem. So I think we have to also own it, like own, own what we want. And don't, don't feel like you have to eat like a bird in order to not appear to be too gluttonous on a date. And, you know, but I love the, like, look at the balance of your whole week and don't, don't, you know, necessarily starve yourself on a date, but look at how, you're eating the rest of the week and how you're working out and, you know, increase those things so that you can have fun, which is really also an important part of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah.
1: And food does not exist in a vacuum. Um, It's not just there for nutrition. So many people tell me that they want to eat for fuel and I tell them, well, yeah, you can eat for fuel, but you can also eat for pleasure, for celebration, um, for emotional Comfort, right? Like we we use food in many different ways. Um, and that's okay. I think the problem becomes when we start to abuse food, right? When we lean on food exclusively for comfort um, or when we overeat um to to deal with stress, right? Um right. exclusively. It's okay to do these things once in a while, but um you have to really know where the point is that it becomes harmful and not helpful.
0: Yeah. All about balance and being mindful, right? I'm wondering if you can share a client story of somebody who came to you and transformed through the work you did together.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, So it's so interesting. I have a client who was diagnosed with cancer, um, and this client was, um, you know, about 100 pounds overweight when they were diagnosed, um, and through chemotherapy treatment uh, and radiation treatment had lost, um, there was hundred pounds. <laughs> it wasn't uh, uh, the type of weight loss that we would hope mm-hmm. for um, under those circumstances. And then um, my client actually gained most of that weight back post chemo treatment. Um, and I'm working with the client right now on Having sort of a healthy, sustainable weight loss, which was something that they hadn't haven't really had before, um, and so we've been able to really successfully lose, um, I think it's thirty pounds and counting um, through just making healthy lifestyle changes over the course of a uh, you know a year. And I know thirty pounds in a year, when you have a hundred pounds to lose, doesn't sound like a lot, but um, the client has lost this weight in a really sustainable way um, because. She's a total foodie. She loves to cook and eat and, and she's really been able to enjoy those things while still losing weight um, and having it sort of be in this balanced, sustainable way. Um, So I think, I think it's really, I like this story because it it really emphasizes that our weight really fluctuates for a variety of different reasons throughout our lifespan. and, you know, you can lose 100 pounds through chemotherapy treatment, um, but is that 100 pound weight loss is, is not done the right way. And you really have to kind of focus on um, the, ha- the habits and, and make it work for you.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great story. I think people focus on the numbers too much and they often don't really make make real change. You know, they'll they'll lose 30 pounds and they'll gain back 30 pounds and they haven't really made lifestyle changes. And the only time I've ever seen anybody sustain weight loss is when they've actually made a lifestyle change. My son included, actually, he he was overweight most of his life. And when I was married to his father, um, his father used to pull food away from him that was his way of like oh no you're eating too much and pull it away and it drove me crazy it was like that is not what you do and we started plating food instead of doing family style and trying to you know not have my kids put so much food on a plate but Mm -hmm. in the end he had to get to a point where he wanted to lose weight and get into shape And it took him until he started to be much more conscious about his life in general. And I remember just seeing the whole shift and he was probably about 18 and he realized that a lot of his friends were holding him back. He didn't, he wasn't proud of some of the things he was saying. And it it was just kind of this whole global shift and he started running and making better choices with food. It was mostly just the portion control. He was eating mindlessly and and now he's sustained it. He's kept it off. Now he's doing weight, weight, weights and adding that to his regiment. But it's you know interesting to see this was like a short, heavy kid who's now a tall, slim, in shape guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but it, it's been years now. He's 30. And so he's, he's kept it off and he's gotten into even better shape. So I, I've seen it really be part of a lifestyle shift and a mindset shift, like you say. You know, it really has to go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, and it has to be driven by you. Most people don't make change because they're told they need to make change. It has to come with, come from within. And um, mm-hmm. really, you have to be ready. And if you're not ready, then the work is really focusing on getting ready, right? And really diving in and exploring why is this important to me? Um, what are the benefits of making this change? I work with my clients a lot on that. They come to me and they say, well, my doctor said I need to lose X amount of pounds, um, but I've struggled to do it. And I ask, okay, well, do you wanna lose that weight? And, and if you if you don't, but you know you need to, let's bridge that gap um, between you know knowing that you need to change and actually taking the leap to, to make that change and really understanding the importance of change in your life.
0: Now, it's such a healthy approach. I think most diet culture is all about punishment to me. Um, I gained weight when I was 18. I, I spent the year in Israel and all I pretty much ate was Danish and donuts and Cake and and bread. Shocking that I gained seven pounds, but I was still tiny. I was like probably 129 and five foot six. You know, I was not a big person, but I felt so bloated and I didn't get my period the whole year either. So, on top of that, my hormones had shifted. I was like, what is going on with my body? I, I don't fit into my clothes. I was miserable. So, my mother sent me to Diet Workshop, which was like Weight Watchers back then, and I was mortified. I was just like, I am not getting up in front of a bunch of people and talking about my weight. And I ended up finding my own path at that point. I cut sugar out of my diet. I had friends who were just getting into health food. It was like just become becoming a thing, eating sprouts and avocados and whole grain breads. And so I took sugar out and started eating whole grain and the weight just came off. And I loved the food I ate. But I had to find it for myself because that, that other way was never going to work for me. It was so formulaic and it felt like shaming in so many ways. I think that's that's a big thing. Do you see that too?
1: Yeah, I just love that story because I think it really emphasizes um, how small changes go a really long way, right? like. Um, you know, you, you didn't have to go to these group meetings and count things and track things and be very prescriptive in your approach. You just had to make a few small changes that worked for you that, that you enjoyed. People don't generally tend to sustain changes that they don't enjoy at least a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, it's really hard to integrate things into your lifestyle if they make you feel absolutely terrible. that's true um you know Mm. like and that's what i had talked to people about you know okay you don't want to eat broccoli because you don't like broccoli let's look at all of the vegetables right which of these vegetables do you like how can we make these vegetables more palatable for you let's choose the ones that you know you enjoy and let's find some recipes that make them taste good so you can incorporate them as part of your life um I have a client who was raised on, you know, exclusively processed food. She's from the South and her family really just like ate, you know, stuff from cans. (laughs) Um, And so the vegetable, yeah, it's really tough. And so the vegetable, the vegetable consumption has been a challenge for her. Um, You know, she's in her forties now and it's still really difficult for her to eat vegetables. But we've identified some core vegetables that, she's, that she enjoys. And while I would love for her to have a variety of vegetables, it's really hard for her. So we just focus on eating the ones that she enjoys and preparing them in a way that, that um, tastes good. So she's more likely to, to eat them. And so I think that instead of trying to rehaul your entire life, really focus on how you can make nutrition work for you. I think that's really an important part of the puzzle as well.
0: So true. And it's amazing how many people grew up with like overcooked vegetables and didn't know like a Brussels sprout could taste good. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite things to eat but people get these soggy, gross, waterlogged vegetables. And it's like, that's not what it's supposed to taste like. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. Say that I, I so much align with your approach and my approach to coaching is exactly the same. It's there are people who really resist online dating and we talk about both a mindset shift around online dating and seeing it as a fun experience rather than dread. And we limit the amount of time that they spend and we make it fun and we also incorporate in real life like you know are you going to meetups are you out there joining a hiking club you know there there are people who've always met in real life and don't even know like how how could i meet someone otherwise but it's become difficult especially now during covid where people aren't meeting as regularly so it's it's looking at the person and seeing like wh- where do you spend your time what do you love doing and how are you going to make dating fun again just like you know making nutrition palatable for everyone
1: yeah it's it's so important to reframe things and just give yourself permission to experiment and just try things right i know that it's so hard our health is so sensitive Um, our, our romantic life is so sensitive, right? These things are very personal to us. Um, but you, in this process of change, you really just need to try stuff. (laughs) Um, Of course, it's easier to experiment and try stuff when you have a support system, like a dietitian, a coach, um, a, a relationship coach, right? Having that support system really helps you to kind of get outside of your comfort zone and try stuff. And you may find that like, no you don't like brussels sprouts and you never will and that's okay (laughs) but (laughs) you try them and that means that you can try other things too right um so I think that experimental approach is really important um when I work with people to support change and and just supporting them and really like just going a little bit outside of their comfort zone to try something new that might help and if it doesn't help that's just more information that we have to know what works and what doesn't work so you can be successful.
0: Love it. Well, this is a great place to end because I think we all need to get out of our comfort zone and try things. It's, there's so much resistance to doing something different, but that's where all the good stuff happens. So um, thank you so much, Tamar. Tell, tell everybody how they can reach you and find you.
1: Oh, well, thank you, Sandy. It's so fun talking about this. Um, I love the sort of relationship, the, the crossover between nutrition and dating. It's, it's very, it's all, it's all connected. Um, you can find me at Tamar Samuels RD on Instagram and at Kulina health on Instagram, um, and Kulina health.com health, um, provides one-on-one nutrition coaching via telehealth. And so, we are an insurance based practice. So, we do take insurance. And so, if you are looking for some support um, to reach your health goals, all of my dietitians are trained in my philosophies as well. Um, uh, So, you can visit kalinahealth.com and you can book a free discovery call if you'd like to learn a little bit more about our process and our program. Um, You could also schedule online via our website. So, if anyone is interested in some one-on-one nutrition counseling, um, you can visit us there.
0: Here's to your Your last last first first date. date. (laughs) If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.